Welcome to my podcast, where the truth is upheld and my life's journeys are unveiled. We are in a season where we're talking about the spiritual war, witchcraft, fear, contempt, anger, malice, greed. We're talking about the things that keep us at a distance from having the closest relationship that we can with our Lord God. Tune in. Fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 There was once a time in my life, listener, where I was ravished and riddled by fear. Fear of insects covered my mind, covered my anatomy, as if the fear of insects itself was God. And I called myself a believer. I believed that I was a believer. But what was passed down upon generations became manifest in my life in a way that when one of my children was smaller, I threw her down on the floor because of what I thought I saw. True enough, at that state, I was going through postpartum depression. I had no idea what that was, had no idea what depression was, had no idea what postpartum depression was, had no idea what anxiety, what that really looked like in the combination of all of those three, having going through the beginning stages of understanding that the marital union in which I had stood before God and covenant with was literally sucking the life out of me. It was taking away my joy because of the unequal yoked demonic spirit, fear. I could use those examples as an excuse, but let me tell you something. If you have never with your hands, the hands that God has blessed you with, if you have two, if you have one, if you have none, let's talk about your foot. Let's talk about your mouth. Let's talk about whatever ligament that you could use to bring death to someone, whether physically verbally, spiritually, cursing them, damning them, talking, gossip, all of that. When you go through a situation and you realize that a circumstance could have ended badly, but God, that a circumstance could have ended poorly to the, to the point where the person physically could have died, but God. Walking away unscathed. Not one scratch, not one dent on that baby's body. When you've used your mouth to lie, to clean a slate for you, while you've lied to bring someone else down, but yet the circumstances, but by God's grace, the circumstances did not take that person down and you learned from that. These experiences 
will cause you to do an intake on your life like never before. And if you're submitted to the Holy Spirit and God's hand is on your life and you're submitted to asking for forgiveness, you're submitted to repentance, you're submitted to change, you're submitted to learning what God's will is actually in your life, you're submitted to not repeating cycles of behavior and wanting to without knowing the term breaking chains, but knowing that you do not You do not want to repeat what was passed down to you, the spirits that were passed down to you. When you've gotten to that place in life, let me tell you, listener, a change is going to come. Fear. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. And let me tell you, help does come from the Lord. Not only does God provide all the help by way of the Holy Spirit's issuance, leading, guiding, but God also allows for there to be means in this life, people that he will appoint, places that he will designate for you to go to receive the help that you need. But first and foremost, one must understand that help comes from the Lord. If you are struggling with the spirit of fear, you don't have to struggle in silence And you definitely should not feel like you're all alone. I had no idea that the fear of bugs that I had from a child would then follow me into making a near life-threatening decision for one of the children that God blessed me and my spouse with, but blessed me to raise and to literally walk into motherhood months into this child's life, threatening her life by the spirit of fear. But God, God already knew. And God had me so covered that after that, I shook for days thinking about what had happened, knowing the love that I have for children, knowing the love that I have and the sacredness of how I respect life. But when you're out your mind, those things that you never thought were, they will be. That's why older people are laying in convalescent homes and they're behaving and doing things that are childlike and you're looking like this is out of control because they no longer have control of the things that they suppress, the things that they did not work through, the things that that so easily beset them. And now that they're in their senior age, we're once appointed the time to be born and once appointed the time to die. And if a person gets to a place where they have to lay in a rest home or lay in hospice or convalescent, they don't have nothing to do. Their physical body has nothing to do. Their spirit that has nothing to do but to lay there and think back on time or think future tense to where they're going. But all of what that is happening is right in the present. Whoever their caregiver is will be able to speak to their mind state at that place in their life. I know some people from my younger years who were were middle-aged adults at that time who stated that they were trying to make wise practices as a middle-aged person so that when they became seniors, they would not act out in a way that was displeasing to the person that they wanted to transition out of this world to be, the person that will reflect 
their relationship with the Lord God. They made choices in their middle days to prepare their mind for the reset to hopefully when their senior days, they won't blurt out obscenities. They will not walk in vulgar language. They will not act in a way that is offensive or a way that's violent to their caretakers, that they would be at peace. Let me tell you something. Regardless of how we seek to contrive things, the inner man, those innermost parts, only God knows. Only God knows. And the legalities and the legalisms of trying to pre-prep yourself for a space in life that you don't even know you're going to live in, how about we work on the present? How about not thinking about the image or the ego of seniorhood? Let's talk about right now. Have we been so legalistic that people cannot see us for who we really are, but yet we outlive, we live out our fears behind closed doors and against those who are closest to us? Could it be? Fear is ungodly for a believing person because we're not to operate out of anything that would possess us in a way that would take off, take away from our total dependence on God. If help comes from the Lord, if all things are brought manifest by the will of God in his time, then when we're operating out of fear because it shoulda, coulda, wouldas, when we're operating out of fear because of where we've been and what we don't want others to be exposed to, all of that is error. Some of the most pridefulest people in the world are afraid to be unveiled because it will show their humanity and their ego is so important to them that they would rather walk around in a false sense of who they are than to be unveiled or better yet, to repent before the Lord and and God may just not ha- God may just have enough grace on their lives to not uncover them if they would just go to God and repent and turn and go no more but fear so what's the idol I'm coming strong today y'all I don't have no little ones yapping I ain't got to worry about them coming to interrupt me I'm coming strong today y'all it's been a good minute that I'm able to produce an episode like this fear. When I tell you on this journey, there are so many times, so many times that if I had let the fear of the known and the unknown lead me in this journey, my responsibility, not only to be submitted to God, but then to be a covering for the children that God blessed me, blessed me to raise while my spouse was in the wilderness, as my spouse is in the wilderness, I would have failed. And just like dominoes that are stacked up, it all comes down. It will all, it would have all fallen down because I would have been trusting my understanding, the minutia of my mind and not trusting that God had a greater purpose. Let me tell you, in social media life, we hear all of these prophecies, but let me challenge you to listen to the Holy Spirit as a believer. And if you're not a believer, if you've not listened to me, but two or three episodes, I hope you understand that I am, but I am very much human. And that's why I am careful not to align myself with too many anybody's, too many people, too many places, too many organizations, too many ministries, too many hype. I try not to because one of the key characteristics that I identify with that God has created me to be and is so unique 
to my personality and my temperament from a child is I'm going to stand on the truth. And so for me to align, I have to really believe. And then if I believe, I still leave room for human error. And in that room for human error, only God has to give me the grace not to call out what I see and to and not as to not offend. There's a time and place for everything. Everything doesn't have to be said. But fear, fear will put you in a place where you'll start to think that quite possibly human relationships and associations and ratings and likes and subscriptions and opportunities are greater than the calling. So in this journey, as a one thing's for certain and two things are for show. It's been me and Abba Father rocking it till the wheels fall off and I have loved every moment of the journey. It has not always been to the joy of what I thought but we have not suffered. We have not gone without. And so if God knows better for, for me, and then and henceforth, if God knows better for us, the family that is represented by me, my immediate family, my the spouse that God has, has ordained, the, the spouse that God has still allowed, that has still allowed, who has not turned, but has still allowed to seek, to be present, to provide. Pray for him, y'all. We are in a time and day. We are in a time and day where people are literally selling their homes, digging bunkers in the ground, escaping countries, all in the name of fear. Doing wild things in relationships as to not lose someone, all in the name of fear doing making obscene choices in their life to gain someone in relationship all in the name of fear the fear of being alone the fear of being rejected the fear of being abandoned the fear of being the fear of being but god has not given us a spirit of fear but of love power and a sound mind as i proceed in this episode If there's one thing that I wish all listeners could walk away from is to stand, stand in the understanding that God, God, God has your back. You don't have to be afraid. The very insect, one of the very insects that I was so afraid of in that moment of postpartum delusion that I threw that baby down on the floor in a panic, in a total um, manic episode, that same type of insect, I now live in a space. I not, not space. I now live in a state where there are a multitude of insects, some of which I'm familiar with and some of which I'm not. And so look at me then. And look at me now. I may not pick up my shoe. I may not stomp on it. I may not, but I'll go grab something or I'll go get some some spray or I'll go, uh, if I'm outside, you know, I'll remove myself without screaming. There was a day though where I'd be like Bugs Bunny ready to pop, um, run through the wall. I did it. I did it. I did it before. I did it. I once lived in a wooded area, and for the first time in my life, and it, as an in, and living independently, a little mouse came in. And do you know when I heard that mouse squeak, 
I literally almost ran through the wall. I remember busting through a door. I don't know if the door was open, if it wasn't, but it show open by the time the force of my body got to that door. And now, he recently, and this is so crazy that I'm even saying this because it's so random, but it's just the way that, the, that, that, our, that our trials go. Here recently, I woke up one, one night early in the morning and heard some scratching in the wall. I said, and I had just gone through a test that week, probably one or two. And the first one, I feel like I almost didn't pass it, but, the, but God told me to address it in a different way, and I did. And I asked forgiveness for my attitude to someone that I thought I offended and they didn't really say much, but I knew that I was wrong. My heart was not in the right place. My attitudes and my motives were not in the right place. So God allowed that to be corrected. Okay, check on that. The next test um, wasn't as huge for me necessarily from a spiritual standpoint, but it was more of a physical test. Okay, past that. So here we are now, the physical test. So here we are now. Waking up at the crack of dawn, having wrestled with sleepless children, tired as I don't know what, but can't go to sleep. So I decided to get up and try to get some stuff done in the house. And here I go here, scratch, scratch, in the bathroom behind the tub. In my mind, I'm saying, okay, I, I know it's not a spider. What What else has legs? And and of course I hear scratching. I, I, if it was a bird, it would be squawking, squawking. So I said, Lord, if it's a mouse, if it's a rat in the wall, how did it get there? I don't know. But this is so random. I didn't lived in this house for X amount of months and whatever. I'm like, Lord, I feel like this is another one of one of them spiritual attacks. And when you get to a place where you're walking with the Lord and you done been through so much adversity, so much trial, so much tempting and tests, and you've done it with just you and the Father and whoever he appointed as a means to guide you along the way, to help you along the way, to support you along the way. But you're, the meat and potatoes of that season in your life has just been you and God. Even the scratching on the wall just may allow you to do what I did. And think about it. I stood there. I said, okay, well, what can I do? I have no experience with this. If this is a rodent in the wall, what can I do? I went and got a spoon, knocked the wall, the noise stopped. I said, okay, well, I know I didn't, I couldn't have whacked it. It's in the concrete wall, what wood wall, whatever, behind the tub. So I said, well, I started thinking about the house and the infrastructure. And I was like, okay, well, not too long ago, a maintenance person came and every single hole, I think I saw every crack, whatever, everything was sealed, sealed. Everything was sealed, preparing for a weather change. So I was thinking ahead because once again, regardless of the fear, I'm not one to comfortably want to live with anything. So regardless of the climate, I'm I'm going to do my best to be proactive, to make sure the best that I can, that anything from outside is not able to come inside easily. So then I started thinking, well, yeah, that, that one big old gap that I have been seeing for a while is now sealed up. I was like, you know what, Lord? I'm not going to worry about this. This is crazy. This is out the blue. How many times have I woke up in the night and never heard anything? I've never seen a dropping. I've never seen anything. I have pest control um, pest control come on a regular basis. And they've never said that they sighted anything. I was like, you know what? Whatever that is in the wall, you deal with it, God. Let it be done in your name. And I took my brown self and I went to sleep. 
I had a, a, a moment of dozing off to sleep of thinking like, oh, well, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should go get some tea tree and spray it in the, in the shower. But then if it, if that repels whatever it was, it would just scatter somewhere else because it probably got trapped in here from outside because I've never seen anything. I said, you know what, Lord, this is crazy. I'm not even going to worry about that. So my main concern was God, keep us safe. If anything crawls in here, keep us safe, God. Keep these children safe. Keep myself safe. Let nothing bring any hurt or harm or danger to us. And let us get some sweet sleep, Lord. My sleep was not all the way sleep because I was exhausted the next day, having only slept a few hours by the time I laid down. But it began to be sweeter and sweeter and sweeter as the days had went by and as I was in communion in my thoughts with the Lord as to how to be rested in this circumstance because there's nothing that I can do until someone can come out to see but if I don't hear any more noise then maybe it's gone or maybe it was an attack and when I start talking like that it may be offensive to some to those who don't understand but in the spiritual realm Demonic attacks are real, especially if you're going through a season of growth in Christ. But they're real, period, because the 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 goal in the spirit realm, the, the, the goal in the spirit realm will always be to knock you off your kilter and to make you turn your eyes off the Lord and onto a circumstance. Turn your eyes off the Lord and onto a person. Turn your eyes off the Lord and onto a worry in your mind that you have no control over. Just know that. Just know that. Just like we are to be kind to every person that we see because we have no idea if we're entertaining an angel. In the same manner, you have no idea if you're entertaining a demonic spirit. And if that demonic spirit decides it wants to jump into a mouse or a rat or a a bird or something and find some little nook from the outside to crawl into your walls and scratch in the bathroom at three o'clock in the morning in the wall when you're just going to use the bathroom and go back to bed that is a probability it's a probability person believer listener be alert be on guard be aware the one thing that we're never to do as believers in christ is to be presumptuous nor are we to be slacking there are there are ways that you can um, be proactive in your flesh as far as the work but the faith at the end of the day it supersedes the word of god says faith and works go hand in hand the point being is that you're trusting God for an outcome that you don't know, but you're, you're, you're working as you get there. And all along the way, you should be in faith praying, Lord, if this is your will, let it be done. This is the desire of my heart. And if it's your will, let it be done. If whatever your will is, please show me, make, make it evident to me. Let your yeses be yes and your noes be noes, which God will always do. Show it to me, not my way, but your way. Not my way, but your way. I've been really, really concerned about all the hocus pocus on spiritual warfare, the buzz around it. And I'm also concerned about the lackadaisical teachings from a biblical standpoint to believers, whether it's in church or online, we've got to know the word of God for ourselves, but it doesn't make no sense 
to no words if you don't have the faith in your heart to believe. And with the faith in your heart to believe, as humans who are saved by grace, if you're a believer, you still will encounter some things that easily beset you. Just like the fear for me, that wasn't that didn't come out the blue. If you are raised in environments by people who have fear, they're going to impress that on you. But guess what? God made it so evident to me in this journey of motherhood, I can reverse that by not acting in the way that I saw modeled to me. I can reverse that by having empathy and compassion for a person if they're expressing a need and they are caught up in fear and not thinking that it's just something that I can blow off or fueling the fire by making them feel as if they can catapult off that fear because I once had the fear too so I understand we the balance of being sympathetic and empathetic is right there at neutral hear what the person has to say ask the Lord if you were to open up your mouth and respond out of your own example or if you're just to listen and hear the person because we can also be antagonistic When people are dealing with things in the spiritual realm and they're dealing with some of the things that easily beset them and us, but we can antagonize the person by not not having any empathy for them. And in, in all essence, that just literally equates to love. And it's something that we all can learn or all can learn a little better. Fear. Oftentimes, I've said this like a million times, People deal with people in their family systems because they're afraid that if they don't, the recompense of, of um, inheritance or, or property um, inheritance, they will not gain. So out of fear, they continue on. It's actually fear, it's greed, it's lust, it's entitlement. All of that is anti-G-O-D. It's anti-God. It's not the way that God would have things designed. And it really capitalizes in manipulation which is a rooting in witchcraft. The witches and the warlocks and the the principalities and the power, the manipulation comes from you thinking that there's a gain, for you thinking that there's a benefit, for you, for you thinking that there is a um, a a physical accolade. Oh, you can, you're the one that can be trusted. You're the one who is such a good person. Uh, You're the one who is well-pleased. What's the root of that? That's idolatry. And it's all rooted in manipulation, greediness, self-preservation. But we're to be selfless in Christ. I could go on and on and on. But the spirit of fear, God hasn't given it to us. What is God calling you to do, listener? Is God calling you to step out and to change your course in your work? but you're afraid of a salary change or you're afraid of having to put forth more effort to start in a new career path when God is clearly telling you this is the direction you want to go? Do you want to be like Jonah? Do you do you want God to do a Hurricane Katrina in your life and force you to go do what he said do? Whoa, wait a minute now. Hold up, wait a minute. I did just put some feeling in it. Is that what you want God to do? God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. We we should not be seeking to understand. You know, there's a there is a life lesson for me that I'm kind of reveling in. Sometimes I laugh to myself because financial security has always been a big deal for me. Big deal for me. Coming from a place where there was a lot of boast 
there was a lot of boast on things that were done. And growing up in a culture to where if you didn't show another person a high accolade and praise them for what they did for you, you kind of like were on the blacklist. So out of routine, from the dynamic that I come from, praise was accepted. Y'all, I tried it. It ain't worked. God didn't create me that way. But what he did create was an entrepreneur, a self-starter, a go-getter, a hustler, to the heart a hustler. And I'm thankful that God has saved my soul and is, is making me whole every day. Every day. Every day he's making me wholer and wholer and he's showing me as he refines me what I could be outside of Christ. We can say that we know, but boy, if you done been through some financial deficit tests like I have, if you have literally sat without a pot to piss in like I have, if you've literally walked and seen yourself and seen where you were, where you are now and where God is telling you that you're going, man, I'm not going to let fear mess it up for me. I'm not going to, but I'm going to bask in every season. And there's a benefit in that. For me, the fear of not having the financial resources to do what I wanted to do, which typically was going to be to spend money on clothes, spend money on a bag, spend money on hair, um, spend money on shoes for sure. Um, say that again, spend money on shoes for sure. Um, spend money on travel, spend money on having the um, aesthetic of a, of a place to live with all of the furnishings and the way that I would like it to look for myself. But when you look at all of that, and here I am now living in a season of life where I'm living below the poverty line, but I'm rich, I'm rich in spirit. I've learned to live a minimalist lifestyle and take the money that I was using that I would have used in previous years on material things and flip that around, live a minimalist lifestyle as I can. If you know me, you you wouldn't think so unless you knew where I came from. So to be at this place and then use whatever additional resources to live life. To live life. And the fear of financial stability, the fear of financial gain could have had me to trade off my God-given calling as a mother and enroll the children that God has blessed me to raise in school so I can earn money to do blah, 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 blah. But I would have been miserable because I know that from the time that I was a young person, I don't have a specific age, but from the time that I was a young person, 20-something, 20-something, because 18 and under, I said I was never getting married. Never, ever. The experiences that I saw had my mouth so sour. I was like, this is like, um, what's that vegetable? It's like a little cabbage. Um, Brussels sprouts. This is like, Brussels sprouts is just like the most disgusting thing. I, I don't care how somebody cooks it. I've tried it. I've tried it at every fancy restaurant. I can still taste that core and it just yuck. And I, that's what marriage was to me. That's the taste it had in my mouth. Yuck. 
And I searched all over my sphere, trying to look and see, is there an example that I can appreciate? The only ones that I could see had been through the washing machine and the dryer and back. And they had been through so many unhealthy cycles of choices to get to a place where they could rest in this quote unquote thing that we call marriage, this example, this worldly model. I said, this is not for me. I wasn't looking for anything euphoric, but I definitely wasn't looking to walk into dysfunction. I wasn't looking for anything dysphoric, but I wasn't looking to walk into control. I didn't wasn't looking for anything euphoric, but I wasn't looking to walk into a cookie cutter model either because God just made me too real. I'm too real. I'm too real for my own self. And I have to learn and I'm learning every day how to reel it in and to, with doses, give out what, what is encompassed inside of me. That goes for joy. That goes for anger. That goes for disappointment. That goes for praise. It's all in moderation. It's all within measure. And I've had to learn and I am learning that. So I see this thing called marriage and I'm like, no, Lord, that, that was a huge fear for me. Like, no, nobody acts up. And I don't even have a standard. I don't even have a standard with my, with my track record of never being given a model and never having an opportunity to even be shown what, what is my, my worth. Women go out into this dating, dating, um, sphere to get messed over. And to then walk in fear, relationship upon relationship, about where this is going to end. That is the curse of a father not covering his family and being in his rightful role. So as I sit into this season and this journey of, of, um, of covenant myself, like I say, it's been me and Abba Father. And if things never pan out on the horizontal, I'm not, that's not my sweat. My sweat is to stay in my place. And my sweat is to appreciate the present. And if nothing else, the Lord God will be a covering and has been a covering for myself and for the children. And the if and wins will be the if and wins. But that's not what I'm supposed to bank on. Do you know a lot of times fear is a product, is birthed out of anxiety? And anxiety is a birthed out of a lack of trust. And the lack of trust is birthed because a person is spiritually low. And a person is spiritually low because either they don't trust God or they have not been prioritizing the position that God should be in their lives. I'm not saying this against all anxiety. I'm talking specifically about fear. You know, I'm just thinking of some of just some crazy bugs and situations that rightfully so from a human standpoint may may have and and did actually have validation for my feeling but as a mother now as a mother now I've learned the teachable moments not to let those situations cause such a grave imprint on a child's life if a child is afraid of something what I've learned in my journey and what I'm learning is to ask God to give you the patience to listen to them. What are they afraid about and talk it through? Because a lot of times our fear is a fear of the unknown. My financial fear was a fear of the unknown. If I didn't have control over my financial situation, I was picking up another hustle like now. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, like now. Okay? I done done everything but walk down the street and ask people, Chicle, 
Chicle, chicle, chicle, chicle. Like the little kids in Mexico when you cross the border and they ask you if you want some gum. Anybody been there? Drop a comment. I done done all of that. But just go on the street and hustle. I'm, I'm going to tell you, okay? But that's that. this is a constant hamster wheel of trying to attain what? Attain what? It is so crazy that I'm going into two years, two and a half, I'm sorry, two and a half years strong without any official furniture in the actual house that I live in because I know I'm only passing through, y'all. And any furniture that I have, standing furniture that I have, it has been donated or it's secondhand. But I'm talking about sitting, real good sitting furniture. I have chairs and a table. I'm just being 100% real with y'all. Because in this journey, God has has shown me I'm passing through. I'm passing through. And my prayer is always, Lord, either you're bringing us into a physical promised land or you're coming back to rapture us and taking us into our final stop. But I'm passing through. And with all that's happening in the world, with all that's happening economically, and and quite honestly, what's what, what's all, with all that is happening spiritually, the last thing I need to be concerned about is using my last little funky dollar that's only equates to 85 cent to be going to try to buy some couch that I don't have no time to sit on, that I'm going to be fussing at the children about putting their hands on, that I'm going to be worrying every moment, you know what I'm saying, about something about this physical property. No thanks. No thanks. A chair is good. If a man in the jungle can sit in a chair in the middle of the jungle, I don't know who out here likes nature. I'm very, very much into nature. I'm not necessarily into the uh, acculturation of going and and becoming a, a, a acculturated in the in customs like that. But when it comes to just the broader sense of understanding the world, I'm very much so that kind of nerd. And. When I look at television programs, now that I have an opportunity to see a broader scope in person of the way that people live that are not quite, uh, that, that definitely don't assimilate to growing up in a, in a metropo- metropolitan city, I could see like, wow, you can be just fine sitting in a plastic chair. I'm not there yet. You know what I'm saying? My, the secondhand furniture is good quality, but it's secondhand and it's highly reduced. But the point is that the minimal things in life, they'll, they'll do. It wasn't truly until this season that the fear of not running into the into someone who may have saw me in the same clothes the day before and all of that stuff, all, the, all of the um, impressions that we want to have towards other people. It wasn't until this season with the makeup and the hair and the whatever. And when I say this season with the makeup and the hair, this is actually the marital season. I started the marital season. I personally, in my walk, in my walk of God beginning to deconstruct the I from before, it started before marriage. And in marriage, through suffering, I began to deconstruct more and more. And now in this journey, I wasn't hard pressed to present or pretend because I'd already gone through a deconstruction period to where literally in my heart, I said, Lord, I want to rock this journey and I want to rock it. I want to rock it raw. I don't want to cover myself with fig leaves and pretend 
I want to be just as honest as I can because I want to get through this journey with my head, with my head up, giving you the honor, giving you the glory, giving you the praise. And I don't want to have to, to depend on physical things or persons in this season because you have so laid it on my heart that this journey is not just for me. It's a reset. It's a reset. And I don't know who's going to benefit from this. Am I going to benefit? Will I still be alive? Will, will, will the children that God has blessed me to raise and has blessed my spouse and I with, will they be the benefits? Will they be able to see their children through this generational reset? But one thing's for sure. I will not, as long as I have my good strength, health, and in my right mind, I will not allow fear. I will not allow fear to lead in this season. And I will keep striving. I will keep pressing to leave such a line of demarcation in the sand for the children that God has blessed me to raise, for the spouse that is witnessing this journey from the outside in, I will continue to leave the line of demarcation for those listening on this podcast, for those watching me on TikTok at Advocate for Truth, for those watching me on YouTube at Advocate for Truth 82, I will continue to leave this line of demarcation in the sand to show you, to show you by God's grace and mercy, by God's grace and mercy, with boldness and standing in truth, your voice can be heard without your costume. Your voice can be heard without that clown makeup and them bat eyelashes. Your voice can be heard without that horse hair on your head. Your voice can be heard without the toxic lacquer on your skin. Your voice can be heard without the piercings and the tribal markings on your body. Your voice can be heard and you do not have to fear anyone or anything. Be wise, be wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dung, as, as a dove. A soft tongue turns away wrath, but a harsh tongue stirs up evil. Be wise. It stirs up contention. Be wise. Be wise. Be wise in what you see. Be wise in what you do. Be wise in what you hear. Be wise in who you align yourself with. Be be wise in what you agree to. Be wise in where you go. Be wise in who you are around. Be wise with who knows your name. Be wise with who you allow to to timestamp you. Because we're all commodities walking around here. And we all have selfish threads running through our veins. And at any moment that we take our eyes off the Lord as a believer and we turn inward on our own selfish desires, we are quite capable of using one another for our own selfish motives. This is any and everything that we say and do. And then when we realize where we've gone wrong, we're afraid. You should be afraid of God. But typically humans are then afraid of what others might say. But I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound 
mind. For someone who has for what a good seven years now struggled in and out of the ebbs and flows of depression starting with postpartum depression young person listening to me person in their 20s there's someone in my family that I am going to be approaching for therapy very soon because the Lord laid it on my heart to at least ask and I never asked this person before but everyone everyone should have a chance to sit down with the third party in my opinion and have a fair chance to discover. This is not a humanistic effort. This is not psychology taking over. Therapy and a wise therapist, and I'm not giving any suggestions. I'm just going to state my claim. A wise therapist, which will take time, it will take time to find one, but I will tell you, I will tell you as someone who is a survivor of an extremely toxic life, 15 years of discovery through many different therapists, multitudes, not necessarily leaving because of the person. It could have been because the season wasn't right. My work schedule could have changed. My funds could have could have uh, run out. Uh, therapy grants, you know, that some districts or some cities may have for mental health, that could have been tapped out. And then, you know, you lose your program, the program lose funding and they can no longer see people. Lots of different things could happen in life. Relationships dwindle. So you walk away thinking, well, maybe I was just going to therapy to see if I could support this situation. 15 years of going through the ebbs and flows. What I've learned, when you find a good person that you can talk to who is balanced. And I'm once again, I'm not defining this because I'm a strong believer in the Holy Spirit's leading. I'm only going to state my claim. This is my testimony. When you find a good person that is balanced, who is not telling you what you want to hear as a response, will allow you to talk through your emotions and then give you a proposition for you to think, stay with that person. If they make you upset, good. 15 years of experience in the world of mental health therapy has taught me that the therapists that have left me feeling most unhinged were either bringing out a truth about me or they were bringing out an evil about them in their intention. And they were being used by the enemy to, tr- to, to attack me. But then therefore I still grew because then my job is to rest in the spirit and to examine them with discernment, which then sharpens, which sharpens the gift of wisdom, which sharpens my gift of discernment. And I don't see the aligning of therapists any, I don't. I won't say any different, but when I think about trying out different therapists, I also think about trying out people. And people don't just come into your lives as friends, your acquaintances first. And you, you have acquaintances with people and you grow to know people. Some people you pursue, some people you don't. Some people you overshare with and wish you hadn't. Some people you undershare with and then learn later on that that's actually a person that you possibly could have overshared with. But it's all, it's all a process of learning. The difference in therapy is that if this is a third party that you're not related to, you're not friends with, they're not a coworker, and hopefully they're not someone that sees someone else that you know. This is a total obsolete person off to the side. You can walk away from that and literally feel free of what you 
spoke about and not without having to have the fear or the pressure of them bringing it back up to you because that they're doing their job and they're supposed to be there to serve you and that's what it's supposed to be you go through different processes with people and it doesn't always pan out the way that you would have it but the more you go the more you learn and the more you begin to understand what is your actual need some people don't have a well-rounded, wholesome-minded person to talk to. And we as believers in Christ, we can um, use the defense that we should just trust God, trust God, trust God. It's the truth. But God also did not put us on this earth to do life alone. And it is, it is truly the God's to honest truth that in the faith, when we are hurt by people that we think we can trust in the faith as humans who have feelings, who have proclivities, propensities to be hurt and hurt for a long time by the actions of other people, it can sometimes harm us more than help us to unveil and uncover ourselves in bound, if in, um, in circles of people that we're growing in Christian faith with, at least from the start. You gain and you learn relationships as you go. But I'm just telling you, Having been in this world for 40 plus years and having gone through therapy for 15 years plus, if you have one person that you can talk to that you have no connection with, that you only literally have a weekly, bi-weekly, a monthly appointment, and their job is for you to listen, and it's not for them to tell you what to do, they are giving a space for you to be raw, for you to be real. For you to not impress, for you to be able to speak out what is on your heart. And and I will say this as a caveat, the best therapist for a believer will be someone who believes in God. I'll just leave it right there. Because when you speak out and you speak out and you say what's coming up from the innermost parts, what you want to hear what you need to hear, what the charge is for you to be heard from the person that's listening as a believer is for for them to point you to Christ, for them to point you to Christ in the resolve. If I were to go to a therapist and tell a therapist about my fear of animals and such and such and such, or not animals, I'm sorry, uh, insects, certain insects and such and such and such, I I now know that I would have wanted back then for the therapist to not support my claim with a with a uh, anxiety group, not support my claim with a um, exposure therapy method. All of those are good and dandy. But what I believe now, what I know now that I believe I needed to hear then to, to possibly address the fear was that God had not given me the spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. And I would have wanted for the therapist to to either state or allude to the fact that the enemy is the source of confusion. And if you're living in fear, quite possibly, is the enemy, is that a place in your life where the enemy has a stronghold? And I might have wanted to count, to go through the process of talking out what that means and talking out that reality in my life and talking out the solution to that. And some of the solutions being 
humanistic solutions such as exposure therapy, which is what I did. But I did all of those ropes and and um, means without having an understanding of the root of it back then and the biblical truth that God had not given me that spirit of fear. And then if I was op- operating out of a sound mind, the, the, the reason is because the, the enemy had placed a foothold in my life for that thing, for that circumstance, for that outcome, for that person, for that lust. You know what I mean? So that's the truth, y'all. And one thing's for show. No, let me take it back. One thing's for show. Truth shall set you free. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No, no, it won't work. Mm. Woo! Lord, it's like something took over my body. No, y'all, that's just me. Anybody didn't talk to me on the phone for any length of time, we will, you will know. That is how full I am when I really believe something. When my heart is sold out on a topic, I can go. I can go. Okay? I hope that you're so sold out for the things of God, for the ways of God, and most importantly, for the truth in Christ that you will allow no weapon to bring fear in your life to where you will compromise the direction or the calling that you know God has on your life. I am so thankful that you have taken the time to listen to this episode in entirety. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast. It is such a joy to have you listening. I hope that you like, drop a comment, leave a voice message. Let's carry this thing on. People need to be encouraged and you encourage me to do what God has called me to do. Live your life like the Lord God is leading. Love your neighbor as God has loved you. And in all things, pray your way into eternity. Because we never know, Jesus Christ might be coming today. Peace.